if they focus on the 50 plus, they're not aging up their brand. In fact, they are taking advantage of an entire market opportunity. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Martha Boudreau to learn about the world of AARP and how they are really helping lead their members through these crazy times of the last year. Martha, welcome to the show. Dave, thanks for having me. Really a pleasure to be with you today. You have an incredible background across agency and in-house marketing teams. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey that led you to the current role that you have today at AARP? Yeah, it's been, um, I've had a, a great and varied career. I really started in the agency business at Fleischman Hillard and in the Washington office. And I think that's important to note as we look at not only what my job is, but also AARP and how AARP approaches marketing and communications. It's the DC market, which is very different you know, from other markets. But anyway, so I was at Fleischman for about, you know, about 25 years and I started young and I built my career there. And what's interesting is I found at Fleischman Hillard a firm whose values I shared that was growing at a significant pace. And so there are lots of opportunities and it allowed me to grow my career in a place that really fit with me on a, on a personal level as well. So I, I you know, started as an account executive and when I left there, I was a regional president managing about eight offices across Latin America and also the mid-Atlantic part of the U.S. And there was lots of integration challenges there and also growth challenges as well. And those were skill sets that I took with me. But, you know, after um, a long and great career there, it was really time for just sort of a perspective change for me. And I was very fortunate in that I was diagnosed with cancer and I took a year off so I could take care of her. And in some ways that was, um, although a very sad moment in life, it was also a moment when I gained experience in a lot of the issues that AARP is very focused on in terms of its social mission. So just coincidentally, a former AARP had been a client when I was at, when I was at Fleischmann. So I knew a lot about the organization. And when Joanne Jenkins, the CEO, stepped into the CEO job, so this is you know about seven years ago, she asked me to join in the newly created role of chief communications and marketing officer. So it was, you know, wrapping up all of those different functions, which really had been dispersed across AARP. I mean, marketing was in six, seven, eight different places across the enterprise. And of course, you had media relations and there was customer care and the publications. And Joanne's vision was to pull together all those functions so that they could be integrated to create a clearer voice for AARP, which of course is a multifaceted organization, and it needs to have a clear voice so that people really can understand the relevance of the brand in their life. So anyway, so Joanne came and said, I want you to take this job and help us create this clear voice, and I did. And that was you know about seven years ago, and um, it's been a great ride, a tremendous learning experience, and also giving me the ability to use my skills to create that integration and collaboration between what were previously very disparate business units. So you mentioned that you joined, uh, you know, seven years ago. 
The last year obviously goes without saying it's been a pretty transformational year for a lot. How have you found your role personally changed over the last year? You know, the last year for for AARP, like like every organization, has been a wild ride. And I think that my role actually just doubled down on on the the basic nature of it to begin with, which is one of integration and pulling together a vast number of disciplines and channels. Because the first thing that we did a year ago, March 11th, is we changed our structure. And having spent, you know, time uh, a few years leading up to that point, pulling different groups together, we were really well poised to do the things we needed to do structurally and in terms of content to respond to COVID. You know, the first thing is that our content team formed a coronavirus newsroom. And the reason that's significant is because, you know, we have AARP's magazine, which is beloved. It's the most read magazine in the country, going to nearly 38 million people. And, you know, so we have sort of longer lead publications. And then, of course, we have our digital properties. And what we needed to do is take our content creation team and make it uh, and have them be able to create a higher level of content more quickly to push across our digital publications. So we pulled some we pulled some people out of the print side of things. We created this newsroom function where people were working seven days a week on two shifts, creating all of this content so that we could in those early, remember those early days, there was so much confusion and fear. And we knew that people would look to our brand to really help them understand what they should do to keep themselves and their loved ones safe. So, you know, we doubled down on integration across all of the channels and we really ramped up the volume of content so that we could lean into that authoritative voice that people knew that we had and people were relying on. So with that in mind, ARRP has really played a vital role in guiding Americans 50 plus through the pandemic. What specific efforts are you really most proud of? Well, I, I'm extremely proud of the fact that, you know, we understand the 50 plus. We understand what's important to them and how they're living their lives. And suffice it to say that when you look at the 50 plus population in this country, it's more than 110 million people. There's lots of lives in there, lots of life journeys and life stages. But in the moment of the coronavirus pandemic, what we leaned into was our trusted voice. And we really made sure that the all of the resources we were creating and the content that we were publishing was based on fact and authoritative voices. You know, we wanted, we needed to debunk information. And in a lot of cases, we had to set the record straight. We only interviewed trusted doctors and medical researchers. And also we relied on, you know, vetted peer-reviewed studies. This was important as people were sorting through who to believe and not believe. And of course, we relied very heavily on official channels, such as, you know, the CDC, and also the FDA. So I'm proud of the fact that we not only increased the volume of content that we had, but we really relied on trusted sources so that people people could in turn trust us. And it resulted in a dramatic increases of unique visitors to our websites. Our organic traffic increased by about 115% to um, AARP.org. And then the other thing I'm really proud of is the fact that 
our content on all aspects of the coronavirus was translated into Spanish as well, which of course is very important for that population. And we saw similar results that we had 17 million unique visitors to our Spanish language web content last year, and that's a 250% increase. So those things I'm proud of. You know, there's another thing that we did last year, Dave, which which is really helpful to us as we look to respond on almost a real-time basis to what consumers want. We have a very sophisticated ability to listen to people. And we, you know, it's our voice of the customer, our VOC function, which listens across oh, I'd say probably about 25 different listening posts. And as we listened to people throughout the year, we knew what they were looking for, what their questions were, what their fears were, what resources they needed. And we were able to take that data and turn it into real-time content that we could push out across all of our different channels. So that was, um, you know, that was fundamental to, to the role that we served last year. And then the other thing, just two other things I would say, one is that it became clear very, very quickly that we need, everything was about coronavirus. It was all about health and safety. But when you take that and you apply it to different communications channels, you know, every channel has different needs. You know, we had stories on Instagram for the Gen X audience, and we knew that um, there were certain subjects that were appropriate for our specialized newsletters. We have newsletters that go to women, forty, you know, basically 40s to 50s, and then another newsletter for um, African-American women. And you know, so we have specialized newsletters and the, the COVID content was customized for those. And then the last thing is, as we were trying to stay safe and keep our families safe and stay up to date with what's going on, we also needed a little bit of a relief from that, right? And so AARP has a wide variety of content on in entertainment. And so we had, you know, the top movies you should watch this weekend, what to stream, different things that gave people relief and brought a little joy into their lives. And that content was very appreciated by members as well. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. As you think about the uh, damaging perceptions about the 50-year-old plus, what is it that ARP is fighting and how are you doing that? Oh, gosh, you know, that that is such a great question that's so fundamental to, you know, what I think about every single day, and all of us at AARP. First of all, it may interest you to know that the fastest growing age group in the country is 85 plus. And the second fastest growing age group is 100 plus. So that means that when you reach 50, you've got, you know, Assuming you have access to health care, which is an issue in good health care, you've, you've got half of your life to live. 
And there are so many misperceptions about what aging is in this country. And so every day we work to debunk what those misperceptions are and to drive awareness of what all the possibilities are in your life as you age. And also from a marketing standpoint, to really work with the marketing industry to understand what the opportunities are for reaching more than 110 million people. So some of the misperceptions are that everybody 50 plus has the same lifestyle. That when you get to be 50 plus, 60 plus, 70 plus, all you wanna do is wear a gray sweatsuit and sit on a bench and look into the sunset. And nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, we do a, a report called the Longevity Economy Report. And I just want to share a couple key data points with you that really underscore the reality of aging in this country. And a couple of them speak directly to marketers in terms of the economic impact of the 50 plus. For example, 8.3 is the exact number, $8.3 trillion in economic activity is um, the result of the 50 plus. That's more than 50 cents on every dollar. So when you think about, you know, from a marketing standpoint, selling into this enormous age segment, you know, you have to realize that there's a lot of, there's a lot of dollars there, there's a lot of spending. And the other thing is, you know, 20 years ago, we changed the name of AARP, you know, it used to be the American Association of Retired Persons. And we dropped that and kept the acronym because of the brand equity in it. But we dropped it because most of the 50 plus are not retired. And that's another misconception. You know, people are working well into their 70s. And the good news is people can work as long as they want. So the ability to work drives the economic activity of this age group. So the 50 plus are working longer than ever. For the most part, they are healthier than ever before because of access to healthcare, which feels a little weird saying that right now because of the impact of the pandemic. You know, um, I mean, the pandemic disproportionately hit the 50 plus, but still the ability to live a healthy life longer is a trend, you know, in our country. So these are the types of things we try to bring to life, not only for the general public as they look at their own lifestyle and what their possibilities are, but also for the marketing industry, for them to understand that if they focus on the 50 plus, they're not aging up their brand. In fact, they are taking advantage of an entire market opportunity. So speaking of that market opportunity, you know, today you have 38 million members, which, you know, in itself presents a unique engagement challenge. But as technology evolves, you know, it's becoming more difficult to break through, keep consumers engaged. How are you transforming your communication strategies to keep members involved? Yeah, uh, that is that is also something that we think about every day, like every brand. And, you know, it's it's interesting. AARP is such a multifaceted organization. We have so much to offer to people. And our challenge is really putting a finer point on it so that when people think about joining and engaging with AARP, they're clear about what we can what we can offer them. And engagement is central to that. It's as as you know any marketer knows, it's not enough to rely on brand awareness. We have to really drive familiarity with what we offer. So while we were you know really aggressively answering the call to action 
during the pandemic last year and now as well, we were also really investing in our data capabilities so that we have a lot of data. But like any organization, what we need is we need to be able to access it differently and have it help us understand what people want. Because in understanding that and understanding you know, how they engage with us, we are able to offer them more of what matters. So you can be a 60-year-old woman who comes to ARP to help with her journey as a caregiver for her, for her aging parents. And that should be one journey for that member. It should be about giving her a prepare to care guide. It should be about engaging her in our Facebook caregiving community. It should be about having her engage in other forms of content and, and other online channels. But on the other hand, you could be a 55-year-old man who comes to us, who's lost his job because of the pandemic, who needs job resources. We have a job board, we have a resume advisor, we have a whole series of things to help people deal with the um, workplace ramifications, not only of COVID, but more broadly and beyond that and before that, on how to position yourself as an older worker in the workforce. And so the data, our data ability to capture that and to use it differently is allowing us to engage people differently. I mean, we can't have 38 million journeys, but we certainly can help people who are on a caregiving journey, who are on a a job or a job reskilling journey, or someone's interested in financial planning and looking ahead at retirement. We can help them with those things. So we need to use our data more aggressively to help people find the parts of AARP that they want to engage with that really matter in their lives. So as we started the conversation, you know, we talked about the amazing career and journey that you've had. What's the best piece of advice that you've received and how have you applied it to your role at AARP? You know, Dave, I think that the one piece of advice that a lot of people get over the years is to, is really the uh, focuses on the importance of a team. I learned that very early in my career and I brought that to AARP is a belief that no one person, no one group can achieve everything. No one person, no one group has all the capabilities. And that this is one of the great things about my position and my business unit at AARP. We have a vast array of disciplines and capabilities that align with all the different communications challenge, uh, I'm sorry, communications and marketing channels. So the advice early on to build a team is at the core of what I need to do and what we all need to do at AARP. We need to respect everyone's strengths and play to those strengths and then have a culture that brings them together so that we can harness all those disciplines, all those points of views, all those channels to create one clear voice that supports our brand. So the piece of advice is believe in the power of the team and build that team. And you always have to work to keep that team going and building it all the time, especially as you bring new people on. So I'm a team person. I've seen the power of it. I know the power of it. And I believe that for any manager of a large disparate group of people, disparate groups of capabilities, the way to success is through creating the culture and the structure that drives teamwork. 
Well, I think that's the uh, perfect note to kind of finish on. So I really appreciate you taking the the time to sit down and sharing the journey of your own career and the, what you've done over the last seven years. So thank you so much. Dave, thanks so much. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.